sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, where we put the fun in functional sports content. We were trying to figure out, like, how high has the star of Jamal Murray elevated, you know, because I feel like he is underrespected in a smaller media market. He's still only 21, 22 years old, and they are still live, showing some heart down 3-1 to Utah, down 3-1 to the Clippers. We'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow. But today, Kev, is overreaction Monday. So let's talk about one other game here. We talked about the AFC East, but we forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention, the Patriots and the Dolphins. Uh Kev, in this idea of overreaction, right, and is what we saw in week one real or not, is what we saw from Cam Newton with his 75 yards to lead the Patriots and his two rushing touchdowns and being utilized in that way by Josh McDaniels, right? And then when they adjust and bring up more guys, him just going over the top and hitting Edelman on the slant. Is this something? Is this what we're going to see? Do you believe in what you saw out of New England yesterday, Kev? I'm not sure. And I know that that's not a very convincing answer, but this was a weird game from them. I don't know if you were tuned into the broadcast when Cam got that first touchdown, but Tony Romo spoke about the Patriots offense as if they had just went up 28-0. He's like, this is a masterclass. He's like, this team is dominating them and everything's easy. And I'm like rubbing my glass. I'm like, is that, it's 6-0, right? Like extra point pending. And I'm not saying that Tony Romo was wrong. What I'm saying is I'm trying to figure out if this is a completely new look Patriots team that with Cam Newton are going to look to revert back to 1980s run splits or I don't want to say they didn't try because that is so disrespectful to the game, to their opponent, and even to themselves. But were they conservative in their approach to this game, felt it was in hand, and maybe were only looking to empty the playbook so much, especially knowing they had to go to Seattle next week, where they came away with 21, Cam only threw the ball 19 times because they knew they could get away with that kind of a performance. I think it is a valid question, and that's why, you know, it's only week one, right? So that's that you're, you're asking that exact question, right? Do we believe it or not? I tend to kind of lean to, yeah, this is what we are going to see from New England. I think they, I believe this is now how they want it to look. This is the way, because they know, think about it, Kev. They are bereft of options on the outside. They were all last year as well, right? Edelman is going to do his thing and be that security blanket, right? You know, they're going to run Sony Michelle. James White will have a role. But, like, did anyone really believe that, like, Nikhil Harry is somehow going to be a big passing? No. 
This, I believe, is how they are going to want to win. We talked about this, Kev. Remember how we talked about with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Will it look like a Bruce Arians offense? Will it look like a Tom Brady offense? Right? And in here, we're wondering, what is McDaniels going to do? I think it's a great question that you pose, and it is the lens and the context of what we are looking at here in week one, right? Was it real or not? I I believe, Kevin, this is what New England wants to do and think about the Belichick-McDaniels-Cam combination. They are going to, I believe, have so many different derivatives off of this offense that they will continue to cause other people fits. It won't look dominant. It won't look dramatic, but they'll get the job done as we welcome our radio audience in. And I think it's not going to be dynamic, but it still may be scary, Kev. This is so, and that's why, right? Because you would, you know, I thought that this team was going to score way more points, right? And I thought it would be a little bit more dynamic. But there's a world where Cam Newton was the perfect option for this team. To where I might argue to you that Cam Newton has more value to this Patriots team than, say, Russell Wilson would. And I say that thinking that Russell Wilson is at worst a top three quarterback in this league. Looked incredible to start. The, but the reason why I'm saying that is with the skill positions or the skill yep. weapons that they have here, it's not about a quarterback throwing them open yep. and you know taking advantage of the route running. It's changing the math and using a guy like Cam Newton in the run game yep. where for a long time we asked ourselves, you know, how, how much are they going to want him to run? And I had heard the point, I don't remember where, but it kind of resonated with me that, you know, he's only on a one-year deal. The Patriots That's don't, right. And, and this, I know this is going to sound... They don't have to care. Have no problem <laughs> saying it. They obviously. don't have to care. Right? <laughs> is that if he does get banged up, well, then so be it. So Cam Newton leading this team in carries, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, the way he did when he entered this league for Carolina, I will buy that. I will absolutely buy that. What... I think we will have to wait and see is, can they unlock another valve in this offense that yeah, yeah, yeah. brings more to the passing mm-hmm. game, your James White's and your Julian Edelman's, or is this the game script that we saw here against yeah. Miami? When you were talking about this, I wrote the word element of the offense, right? And then you put, you use the word valve. Can they unlock another valve, right? No, I I don't know that they need to, Kev. This way, Mm -hmm. this is the element. This is the valve, right? This And so to your point of not needing the Russell Wilson type, right? They have another element of the offense, and I trust Bill and McDaniels to do it. Um, Kev, though. He threw for 155. If you extrapolate that over 16 games, I don't know about your season-long passing prop, Kev. If what is it? This over is games? the game script. I'll do the math. We got a break coming up after this. We will come back. But remember, 155 times 16. It's you're under. not gonna like the number, Kev. Trust oh, me. You're not gonna like the number when we come yeah. back. We'll talk about more games. Cam was not the only running quarterback that we have to discuss. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back into the early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Kev, when we did the show on Friday, right, remember how, like, there is my thesis about some sloppiness starting out, and some games had that, some games didn't, right? The Kansas City Chiefs are a great offense. They look like they're rolling. Well, guess what? The Baltimore Ravens look like they are rolling as well, Kev. They also look like, in their own way, they did whatever they wanted. Lamar Jackson, seven carries to lead his team in rushing. Mark Ingram involved. J.K. Dobbins involved. Even Gus Edwards involved. And when you can run the ball that well, you also, as Lamar Jackson, can have an 80% completion percentage Kev, and that is key in the NFL. He goes 20 of 25, 275 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown. If teams are going to have to respect the run, these two guys, Willie Sneed even, is going to be wide open a ton, and Lamar Jackson will be able to hit him. The Ravens did not skip a beat, Kev. The Baltimore Ravens, over their last four week ones, are winning by a score of 164 to 19. Put it in your back pocket, wait a full calendar year, and get excited to back this team once again in week one next season. Mm. This team is so prepared for these games. They looked incredible. And as this number kept getting bet down towards the Cleveland side, it, it reminded me of the Thursday nighter. Is the safe side really betting against Pat Mahomes in the same way that is the safe side really betting against Lamar Jackson? And we found out definitively the answer was no. Lamar Jackson uh, was the only player prop that I actually played yesterday, and it was over 283 passing plus rushing yards. And here we are again where the book has no idea how to ultimately price. He is maybe the only superstar in all of sports that you can consistently find value on in the props market because they don't expect him to throw a ton, so his passing yards number is usually pretty low, that they can't slap over 80 and a half rushing yards because that feels ridiculous. And what happens? He flies over the number while still treating this like a game that was a college game the same way he did all of last year. He barely threw the ball, if at all, in the fourth quarter. The game was over. He's sitting on the, on the sideline. Robert Griffin the Jr., the third, excuse me, getting <laughs> snaps again. Robert Griffin Jr., the second, could have gone out there also. Yeah, probably, might as well. <laughs> might as well. Lamar has got this, these guys up by yeah. so much. This team is very, very good. But I just want to make the point that Lamar, maybe the only superstar in sports that his prop market will consistently present value. All right, fair enough. Let me bring up another nomination then, Kev. What are they going to do with Kyler Murray props throughout this season, Kev? I have no idea because if you look at that game, right, Lamar was kind of this ascending supernova comet that was going to do something the likes of which we haven't seen, and he delivered. And Kev, this year, a lot of people are expecting that same kind of jump from Kyler Murray. You know we are both excited about this team. And they go 
into San Francisco and get a road divisional win against the defending conference champions. And I got to tell you something. I don't care about DeAndre Hopkins or George Kittle Kyler or, or Nick Boza. Kyler Murray is the best player on that field yesterday. And I don't know what defense there is for him moving forward, especially with all these weapons out there. You know, you say the same thing. We, we talk about the Baltimore offense, right? And if you're going to stop this run game then there's hollywood brown and mark andrews running free what if we get to a point where because of what kyler murray does and the cliff kingsbury scheme you have to single up deandre hopkins larry fitzgerald and christian kirk what are defenses going to do when kyler murray can rip off 20 yards at any point he damn well pleases similar to lamar jackson now, I'm going to let that Hopkins comment slide for a moment there. Now, Kyler Murray was fantastic. And what's interesting is, can they add another element to the offense, though, a little bit more of those designed runs? Maybe they don't find it necessary, but you mentioned it, right? He's ripping off these runs in the scramble game, and that is an incredibly dangerous game. We saw Dak uh, nearly pick up a big fourth down yesterday um, in, in that game. Right, we've seen Mitch Trubisky be able to do it, the value that it brings. Um, but do they find it necessary to unlock those designed runs a little bit more for Kyler Murray? Now, Kyler felt like a real leader in this game, very cliche, but the overall passing numbers weren't fantastic. Good thing the most talented player on their team is the Andre Hopkins. And here's the question, Dana. To be honest with you, I cannot remember where you landed on the DeAndre Hopkins conversation coming into the year. But I know that this was a point of contention, certainly, in the fantasy world. And that always mm. then will bleed into the props world. That yeah. new team, tons of weapons, this guy's going to fall back. And I, ugh, I hate to say it, but I think I started to lean that way. Shame on me and shame on anybody else that thought DeAndre Hopkins was going to do anything other than continue to be one of the five best wide receivers on the planet. Shows up here, new face, new place. How 16 targets leading to four grabs, 151 yards, and stopped at the one-yard line before putting it on the touchdown on the board as well. This dude has always been the dude and will continue to be the dude. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love me some DeAndre Hopkins. I have said you will hear me on tape on this network for years. I believe he is the best wide receiver on planet Earth. That's right. I'll say it again. The best wide receiver on planet Earth. And I said that before because in Houston, he was doing it with like ridiculous quarterback play for a long time in his career. Okay, so don't get me wrong. Right. But. I, I, it is still Kyla Murray as this trigger man and the 14 catches. I wonder if that's something we will be able to expect that he gets that big of a chunk. I thought D hop was still a wide receiver one going into fantasy, right? I did favor certain other wide receivers in the draft of it all because of the idea of the target monster, right? Devante Adams is going to get a bigger target share. This in week one, when you see Hopkins get 14 of Kyla Murray's, I believe, 26 completions that's a huge share right will that dramatic share continue i'm not sure but he ain't gonna need to do that because he's that great and this element of the offense is there he can catch eight balls and that element of the offense would be there he could catch seven or nine 14 is a lot but the element of the offense is consistent do you like 
Yeah, do you see me yeah, splitting no, hairs I, there? But I think it's real. But this is the thing. If there was a game where he would get off to a slower start, it'd be the first game against a very good Niners defense with a legitimate number one corner. I'm not telling he's going to average 14 receptions a game. And, you know, saying DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a wide receiver one is far from a compliment for a guy that's been a top three wide receiver almost every single season. And again, I'm not sitting here, this is far from an I told you so, but it's trying to figure out if we need to adjust off of this first game. Like DeAndre Hopkins, top eight in targets. If I asked you that preseason, it's a no way. And again, probably from me as well. But what we've yeah. seen from his career, I hear you. that's always the case. And what we saw from this game, yeah, it's probably going to be the case again. <laughs> Sure. Um, I think we're saying largely similar things here, Kev, right? Like I can, st I still maybe believe that instead of like second or third in the NFL in targets, he could fall to like ninth in the NFL in targets, you know? And I, and even after week one, I still believe that, right? But it's still like that he's still getting an incredible amount of work. And I still think will carry the mail there. The other thing you have to understand, I believe, is remember, they were coming back in the second half. It was a nip and tuck game. There are going to be games when this offense gets out ahead. And then maybe we see more running game in the second half. It was still close and competitive. I also do want to make the point on the Niners side, Kev, Jarek McKinnon, uh, was involved a lot more than people would remember. And we do want to bring his name up and tip our cap to him. He's back in this rotation after years of being hurt. It looks like he's taking that Matt Breida role from last year. Yeah, interesting stuff there. Everyone's wondering, Niners Super Bowl hangover. They lost to a good team in Arizona. They had an opportunity to win this game. Already mentioned it. They travel to the East next week to play the Jets. Interesting game. Yeah, absolutely. And George Kittle was a little bit banged up. Also, looking, they were looking at him. He was back in the game, but really didn't do much after that. Keep an eye out on that. We've got more games after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh as we welcome back in our radio audience from around the country here on Overreaction Monday. You know, Kev, part of this Kyler Murray rip it off chunk gains in the scramble game, they made the point that he knows how to slide because of his experience as a baseball player. And you know the other running oh, quarterback that really? scrambles a bunch? Yeah, that they did, so Kev. Yeah, they absolutely did. They talked about, like, how other teams bring in sliding coaches sometimes. But Kyler Murray doesn't need that because of his two-sport background. But I mentioned this because, you know, in my opinion, and I'm glad you gave him his due earlier in the show, in my opinion, the prototype is Russell Wilson, who also knows how to slide because of his two-sport experience. And, yeah. Kev... I, you know I was high on Seattle coming into this year. You know I always give Russell Wilson his credit. I believe behind Patrick Mahomes, I'd want nobody else in this league other than Russell Wilson. And the point I want to make here on this game as the Seahawks win this game, traveling uh, west to east for a 1 o'clock start in Atlanta, winning 38-25. Kev, there is the difference. You know how we talk about volume and efficiency? 
Well, I think we have that in this one. Matt Ryan puts it up 54 times, 450 yards. Fantasy managers are excited, but the real fans of the real team will love what Russell Wilson did even better. He's got his four touchdowns. He's got his 322 yards, but Kev, 31 of 35 through the air. To me, that is what's important. And honestly, Kev, I think this is not an overreaction. This is what Russell Wilson can do and who Russell Wilson is, an efficient player. And the Seahawks like this are a danger. Oh, I mean, they absolutely are. Usually it's not great when your quarterback, by the way, throws the ball 54 times. Like more That's often what I'm than saying. not, that is, that is bad. Um, That's bad. So Russell Wilson, like, if you were to just show me the attempts, I'd be like, oh, okay, probably good for the Seahawks. Um, yeah. What's interesting to me more than anything, there's a lot of conversation this year. The hashtag Let Russ Cook was out and about. Will this team allow Russell Wilson to perform to the level that he's at with the weapons that this offense has? And after one game, it does seem that way. You, you know, you take a look there, Hyde only with seven carries and Carson only with six. Russell right. Wilson throws the ball 35 times. And you see it. Tyler Lockett gets eight targets, turns it into eight catches for 92 yards. Big play DK Metcalf, eight targets, only four catches, no problem. That was 95 yards and a touchdown sound. Screen game working wonders. Chris Carson, yeah. the PPR back, as we all expected, came away with a great day <laughs> because of the work that he did in that avenue. And then Carlos Hyde gets a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then Greg, you know, Greg Olson also steps up and in for a touchdown as well. Russell Wilson has the ability to be this guy. He does. It's a matter of next week when they host the Patriots, do they opt to have, you know, Hyde and Carson combine mm -hmm. for 30 carries instead right. of 13? I think that is absolutely possible, Kev. You know what I mean? Seattle has been a very run-heavy team, but they do have Russell Wilson at the controls. I I'm going to tell you right now, I am rooting for Russell Wilson to win the MVP this year. I think he deserves one in his career. And now with Patty and Lamar there, it may be tough for him to get one. I hope he gets one. He deserves it. And this may be the year. Uh, you know who has a long time to potentially win one? Joe Burrow. And he made his debut yesterday against the Los Angeles Chargers. And um, I got to tell you something. Kev, a lot of the things that I talked about coming into this game, I do believe manifested itself. Um, specifically, that Joe Burrow was running for his life for a lot of the game. They did get pressure on him a bunch. Joe Burrow, we talked about the quarterbacks that led their team in rushing. Joe Burrow with 46 yards and a touchdown, and a lot of that was not designed. I do think the pressure was on him. I do think that, you know, it was something of a learning process, but at the end, he was calm. He was poised. He had a drive to potentially get the job done but just like with philadelphia kev i believe this offensive line is going to be a problem for cincinnati they had a couple of those you know penalties i was talking about also the false starts the holdings that sort of thing so those elements i do think showed up but burrow was okay in his debut in my opinion Ultimately, though, Burrow had the chance to be covered in glory if Randy Bullock didn't did. either injure himself or whatever it might have been there, and they had a chance in overtime. Because with the game in the line, he moved the ball. He looked 
Cool, calm, and collected. He was. And this and season is all with, all about the process over the results, although you'd like for the results to back you up. And I was impressed by Burrow. And by the way, what he did in the running game is not a fluke. He's a legit athlete, and he has the ability to take off and make defenses pay if they don't respect what he can do in the scramble game. But while you say that this game was what you expected and a lot of things came home, I guess that was potentially on the Cincinnati side. Because uh, unless I'm out here on an island, I feel like what you and I were expecting from the Chargers did not come to roost even in the slightest. Tyrod Taylor, simply put, garbage. Yeah, so my my predominant notion here, remember, like the biggest thing I was saying about this game was that Joe Burrow will never see something like Boza and Ingram coming, right? And that I do think happened. You're right about the Chargers side. Um, they were conservative as all get out. You know, and they couldn't really move it that much. But I will say this. For me, a bright spot of the Chargers offense is rookie running back out of UCLA, Josh Kelly, Kev, and a name that will be on waiver wires that should be looked at on waiver wires. You know, earlier in the show, Kev, you mentioned the Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Yeah, now Josh Kelly is just playing the role of Melvin Gordon, I think, as that more power back. And they had him on the field inside the red zone and in clutch situations. Josh Kelly is something I think will stick for the Chargers offense, Kev. I think it's possible. But uh, listen, either this Bengals defense is much better than we realize, and then therefore they will win more games than people expect, as Burrow will only get better, or this Chargers team is going to have Justin Herbert starting much sooner than you and I would have thought. Because I thought Tyrod was going to be around for 16 games. Now, I get it. Overreaction Monday, this team's 1-0. And I'm talking right. about them like they got blown out here in this game. But they play the Chiefs next week. All right, well, that's probably not going to go all too great. Especially right. with the rest advantage that Andy Reid has in the back right. pocket. 16 of 30? Like, Tyrod's supposed to be efficient. The only thing he can hang his hat on, but like they try to have him run the ball a little bit on these fourth down keepers. It was terrible. Six carries yeah. for seven yards. Like the only thing he did was not turn it over, which is okay. That's something that Tyrod Taylor does. But this performance was so underwhelming for this team. I get it. Rivers throws the ball to running backs more than anybody. So there was going to be a drop off there a little bit. But you signed Austin Eckler on the heels of what he did for you last year. And that value came from what he did in the passing game. That needs to change. He cannot have one target in a football game. Not, not a I hear you. I hear you, and it's tough to say, right, because, yeah, they were safe and conservative. Tarad didn't turn the ball over, but this is not something that I'm going to want to watch on a week-in, week-out basis. You're right. They technically got a win, and they technically got a road win, right? But they were very uninspiring in doing so, and... I think you frame it right, right? Unless for somehow the Bengals' defense has improved or advanced, this version of a Chargers offense under Tarad being this conservative is not going to get the job done in most cases, right? So we'll see if they adjust or if this was like their game one, their game plan against a team like Cincinnati. That's why we got to see a lot of things after week one. Do remember the name Josh Kelly. I think he will be ahead of Justin Jackson, let's say at least. And people were drafting Justin Jackson. It's Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler. At least that's what 
it looked like in week one. We do have one more game to discuss. Another idea of the home dog, another idea of a team traveling west to east. But this time, they got the job done. For the first time ever, we can say the phrase, the Las Vegas Raiders have won a game, and they did so 34-30. to I got to tell you, on this one, the Raiders' offensive line was impressive to me. Josh Jacobs as a second year back, not many backs, Kevin, we've made this point with the bell cows, are getting 25 carries. But Josh Jacobs did with 93 yards, and he got into the end zone three times, helping people who had him on their fantasy roster. What do you take from this game? What do you take and you think will be applicable for week two, Kev? Henry Ruggs. Mm. He played a little bit because he got banged up. And if health is going to be a concern, that changes things. But he had three catches for 55 yards and five targets in his limited action. was top one. I think this guy, again, was picked as the first overall wide receiver in what was the most stacked wide receiver class a lot of people feels like they had ever seen was for a reason. I think he is going to be a very, very consistent part of this team. I want to make this point, though. Dane, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody. I've gone through this 100 times. I keep feeling like I am. But head coaches making their debut as a head coach. Not debut for a new team, but a debut as a head coach in the NFL. Stefanski, Matt Rule. 0-2 straight up, 0-2 ATS. And that was why I was able to back off this Panthers team in this spot here, trying to figure out why Vegas would not move off that number because we had a debuting head coach. That is usually a very, very tough spot. And that does also lead us into uh, what will be mm-hmm. Monday's night game with Joe Judge against Mike Tomlin. Yep. Maybe a little bit of a spoiler there. And maybe you can double-check during the break because I really feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But if I'm not mistaken, 0-2 straight up, 0-2 ATS for debuting head coaches. Yeah, for a completely rookie head coach, we will double-check on that. You know, Blue had asked me a trivia question on PFT mm-hmm. about rookie head coaches leading their teams to the playoffs. It's happened five times in the last three seasons. Kev, I got four out of the five of them correct. But we can talk about it another time. You know, I listen, will the rule and the Panthers um, improve? Maybe, but I'll tell you what, they are very young on defense, Kev, and they are very soft on defense. So that is going to be something that may take more than coaching. You're right. Joe Judge fits that category. Will he get a win in his debut? We'll talk about it. Doubleheader from Monday Night Football on deck right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, I started this talking because you know one of my big narratives all season long has been the disappearance of the running game, the evolution to the passing game here in the NFL and what that means, right? Well, your boy. And, like, the thing is, I hate that we're going to have to say that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is now your boy because you know I loved them all season long also. But your boy... Your boy is the, was the leader in the clubhouse in rushing yards, in rushing attempts, right, with 25 and I believe 135. And I made the point no one got over the century mark on Sunday. There are some candidates, however, Kev, tonight to maybe get over that century mark. And most people think there's one. 
I think there's two in the first game on the Monday night slate. When the Pittsburgh Steelers go to MetLife to take on the Giants, the Giants, Kev, are one of these home dogs. They are getting five and a half. And everyone, a lot of people, this line has moved a ton. And a lot of people are like, I can't see it. I got no idea how the Giants are going to come and win this game. But I tell you, a lot of people thought that about the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. A lot of people thought that about the Washington football team yesterday and as home dogs they won outright now the Giants are in a spot where they are getting five and a half there will be no rabid New Yorkers in the stands for this one what do you see playing out here Kev so we've got Mike Tomlin who is a career 16 and 2 on Monday night football straight up and we've got Joe Judge making his NFL head coach debut Hard to convince me to do anything other than back the Steelers in this spot. I think that this offense has to be taking a leap forward because they probably can't be any worse than they were last year, and now Big Ben is going to be the quarterback entering this game. I like James Conner. I think that James Conner could be in line for a really, really nice night. Rushing plus receiving will be somewhere uh, in that 80-ish range. and I, I got it right here. It's 86 and a half. It's 86 and a half, Kev. The rushing itself yeah. is 62. The scrimmage yards is 86 and a half. And by comparison, just so you have the info, Saquon is 72 and a half rushing, 103 and a half combined. Ugh, and that would worry me a little bit because what we saw from this Steelers defense last year, that's a tough group to move the ball on. James Conner, by the way, minus 115 anytime touchdown score feels like another viable play that could be on the board. Now, I'm saying all of this. I just want to say that the Kevin Walsh database, which goes all the way back two seasons, where we have the last two Monday night doubleheaders, and it is 3-1 ATS for dogs, but more importantly, 2-2 straight up. The last two years, there has been a split in terms of one, at least one dog getting a win. I'm not going to, you know, we're going to talk Titans Broncos, but I just said this to you during the break and I'll say it right here. I am struggling to find the angle to where I buy in on the Giants coming away with a win in this spot because of the coaching disparity more than anything else. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And, like, I'm the guy who did the damn home dog segment. I'm the guy who always talks about loving the home dogs. The Giants would fit that bill. I bet Jacksonville yesterday, okay? I bet Washington yesterday because of these home dogs, all right? I, I'm with you, Kev. I struggle to see how the Giants, and I think you're right, the rookie head coach, you mentioned the point earlier in the show, I think Tomlin, and also – I think Big Ben is ready to announce himself and remind people that he is also a Hall of Fame quarterback, remind people the potential of this Steelers offense. And to that point, I also am with you on kind of like what it seems like you're on the over for a James Conner. James Conner, who was there last year, was banged up, did not have the benefit of the uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, right? And I've made this point before many times, right, with the Leonard Fournette having rushing lanes and stuff like that. Opponents of the Steelers all last year could have put 57 men in the box and been like, Duck Hodges, go ahead and beat me, right? And they will not be able to do that this year. Big Ben is back. 
back, okay? And I think that's a huge benefit to James Conner. And then we heard, Kev, coming into this week, Mike Tomlin very forcefully and confidently say, James Conner is our guy. James Conner might be the prop bets that I like most going over in this game because they're going to use them at the start. They're going to use them if they're up. They're going to use them in the passing game if they are down or if it's close. The scrimmage odds for James Conner, I really believe, Kev, is a good bet. And right now it is over under 86 and a half. That's going to be my play of the day. Any more on this game, Kev, from you on maybe the Giants side? I would say Sterling Shepard has been getting positive buzz that he's looked good coming into this. Remember, he was banged up um, last year a bunch with injury and with Golden Tate banged up now. Maybe Sterling Shepard kind of creates a gap into not into the Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins territory. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about, though, is an increase in target share for Sterling Shepard and the Giants. How do you see the Giants offense? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch this group play out. It feels like uh, very rarely were uh, all of these receivers, when you talk about Slayton, Ingram, Tate, and Shepard, Plus, we know Saquon Barkley is supposed to be involved in the passing game as well. Like, they have so many weapons, right? Yeah. Can this offensive line hold up and give Daniel Jones times? That's going to be a very, very big question for this team entering this matchup here. Uh, I struggle to give you an exact answer as to what I would expect from this team in the receiving game because you can convince me of pretty much everything. Right. One prop on them, though, that does interest me is Daniel Jones' rushing yards prop of 15 and a hmm. half. Uh, this is something where if they're down, that means that he's going to drop back more, which then creates some more scramble opportunities. We saw it all last year. That dude's a good athlete, and he has the ability mm. to move uh, when necessary. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And remember, this Pittsburgh Steelers team for a long time was like the killer bees on offense. This is a top five defense right now with Fitzpatrick and Watt coming back, okay? So we'll see if the Giants can, in fact, at home make hay against them. But we got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football, Kevin. The second matchup is, I think, an interesting one. Denver Broncos host the Tennessee Titans who come in. The Tennessee Titans with Jadavion Clowney now. What I first want to ask you, though, Cortland Sutton, are you trusting it? You know, because, listen, he had a similar injury to, say, like Mike Williams, right, who was out there because Schefter pulled the wool over our eyes but didn't do too much. Mike Evans, it was a different injury, right, but he was out there, didn't do too much. We don't know if Cortland Sutton's going to be out there as probably the number one receiver for Denver, but if he is, might it be a decoy? I'm intrigued to see the Gordon-Lindsay combo right there in Denver. And then on the Tennessee side, everybody loves AJ Brown. I think, remember, I've applied this when we talked about Kansas City. Will Tennessee lean on the run game, Derrick Henry, who has a chance to be someone to get over a century mark? Or, like we saw in the past, will the defense come on in and sell out to stop Henry? And then, you know, in your opinion, Ryan Tannehill morphs into a top 10 quarterback and kills them over the top. How do you think this one plays out? So this is where, again, I'm, I'm struggling because I struggle to find the angle here to back the Denver Broncos. I hmm. like this Titans team. You know, I got my roster reset, I ended up having the Titans winning the South. Right. So if they're going to start the year by losing to the Denver Broncos, well, well that would, would be a bit surprising with a team that's not going to have Von Miller. And if Sutton, even if Sutton goes, you kind of mentioned it, might just be that Mike Evans decoy.
Now, the Derrick Henry point I just want to bring up, over under yeah. rushing yards, 96 and a half. So That's high, bro. It's, I'm just, no, but I'm just saying, right, you're like, oh, he might hit the century mark. I mean, the prop basically dictates. It's right there, right, right, like, right, right, right. You know what I'm saying, right? It's like yeah. odds would tell you he's going to get pretty close. He's a minus 145, by the way, for an anytime touchdown score. I think if you're going to approach this game and say one of the dogs get the game, then you take the Cam Stewart baseball approach and you play them both on the money line. If you hit one, you're profitable, right? And if you measure up the units, it shouldn't crush you. Play them for a half each, and it pretty much then acts as one bet. And look, if you hit both, you're the greatest, you know, to ever walk this Great. planet. Though I don't see any world where you would hit both. I think the total here feels a little light. 40 and a half. This Broncos team did add weapons. Even if Sutton is out, bringing in Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, I think Noah Fant can take a step forward. And I only need a little bit from them on the offensive side for a Titans team that I think can bring the noise on the offensive side of the ball. And I'll just bring this one anecdote. Mike Vrabel getting on the team plane, wearing a give Derrick Henry the ball mask. The mask. If you want to talk about something stupid that makes you buy in on a player, it's Mike Vrabel's <laughs> mask. But, Dane, I am buying. I got you. I, I hear you. Um, I will note here, Von Miller, as you know, in this game, will not be there to put pressure on Ryan Tannehill after his injury. And and I'm going to mention this name and injury. And Kev, a lot of people don't know who this guy is, okay? But it may help your Derrick Henry prop bet. Darrington Evans is out for the Tennessee Titans in this one. Remember, we talk about bell cows, right, Kev? Well, we knew Derrick Henry was one of them, but, you know, the change of pace for that team is going to be out the rookie Darrington Evans. So that could be even more of a workload for Derrick Henry. Let me ask you this. Do you think, you know, how you say like with the Cam Stewart, like you bet both of them and one of them will hit kind of thing. I fundamentally believe it will be very tough in most games for the Titans for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to go over. I sort of think it's a pick your poison kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you agree conceptually, but if you do, which way do you kind of think it plays out more tonight? Will Tennessee lead with the run game or assume that and go play action? How do you think it plays out right hand versus left hand? So, I mean, Derrick Henry has a monster rushing yard prop. And Ryan Tannehill, though, sits there at 228 and a half. 228. He's the same number yep. as Drew Locke. I don't think that's a high number for Ryan Tannehill. So I kind of pull it up to when he took over. And this was something, though, that looks like it, it could have been in every other type of thing. And I look at it, and I see a lot of Ryan Tannehill getting over there, though. 331, yeah. comes back down to 181, then a 259, 182. I would love it, Kev, and we don't have this right in front of us. I would love to put the Tannehill and the Henry side by side. You know what I mean? Because my thesis is in the big Tannehill games, and I said this after Thursday night, right? Yeah. It's because the defense forced it to be one that way. Sure. So I wonder if either or if you put them side by side. So I, ha I, I have him here in games from week six against Denver on. When he came Right on, now yeah. against Denver, actually, last year was 144 for him and 28 for Henry. So that was very bad. Mm. So then they play the Chargers. 
312 for Tannehill, 90 for Derrick Henry. Then they Okay, the so Bucks, only one of them. 190, 193 for Tannehill, 75 for Henry. Mm, then okay. they play the Panthers, 331 for Tannehill, 63 for Henry. See, that's Chiefs, a kind of like this. 181 for Tannehill, 188 for Henry. Then that's like this the, the other Jags, way. 259 for Tannehill, 159 for Henry. Tannehill, buck 82 against the Colts, 149 for Henry. Oakland gets them both there, 391 for Tannehill, okay. 3 for Henry. Tannehill then gets over in the next two games with Henry staying below that number. Final game, okay. Derrick Henry has more rushing yards than Ryan Tannehill has right. passing yards. So, But you see, it does seem Henry. to hold off a little, a lot of the time, right? Like it's, it's one or the other kind of thing. So I just sure. wonder which one it'll be tonight. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. You kind of want to pick your spot. But there were a couple of games where they both got it. And I'm not mad if your approach is I'm guaranteed one might get both. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Just to also let you guys know, you mentioned it being a low total in this one. That low total is 40 and a half. When we come back, we'll wrap up Overreaction Monday on the early line. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Morning after. I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of rehash that if Lowry's hurt for a significant period of time, the Raptors are not the best team in the bubble anymore. They need him to be good. But at full strength, this team has no hole. There's not one part of this team where I'm like, yeah, they really need to improve this part of their game to get over the hump. They are ready to win a title right now today as constructed, despite losing their best player last year. The Sports Grid Network. Fantasy Sports Today. This is about as good as it gets. And if you take a look, Joe, Dwayne Wade, uh, Steph Curry, and all kinds of NBA players weighing in on this. Manu Ginobili also uh, having things to say. There's Dwayne Wade's tweet yesterday mm-hmm, just basically mm-hmm. going off and saying great things about him. There's no doubt that the NBA has taken notice. This is the next great player in the league. The sport. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Week one of the NFL season is almost in the books. And Kev, like... You know, we have two games to look at. We'll be breaking them all down all week long. We got Major League Baseball sliding into the playoff chase. We got the NBA playoffs, which will be standing at the conference finals this week. Boy, oh boy, a golf major later this week. The tennis major just happened. Kudos to uh, uh, Osaka, who got it done on the women's side and, you know, wearing those masks. You talk about masks with Vrabel. I love the mask of Naomi Osaka, all seven of them. If you want to know the truth, uh, what do you got? If you had to parlay something tonight, I'd be parlaying Pittsburgh money line. And I think I know you said it's low. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of points. This might be one of those underleans, even with a low total in the nightcap for me. That you know, I'd say it's a very simple uh, exercise. But George Kurtz kind of made this point to me. What? Give me a final score prediction. I'm not going to hold you to it. Sure. I'm just give on me a final game? score prediction on the Titans Broncos game? game. 
Uh, I like Tennessee to win this game like uh, 21-17, 21-13, something like that. You know, and and but and that and that's where you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's super interesting because like 21-13, obviously not very close. 21-17, okay. So my difference there is going to be a make or break field goal that'll kind of push me in that direction. Either either way you skin it though, you've got a Titans cover kind of in your hand there as well. So I think that and and those are the things that are interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you this. And an under. A, and an under. I yes. Think, I think it's a bad night for teasers because I think both the Broncos and the Giants could be blown out. And I don't think I'm getting right. a lot of value bringing the Steelers to a pick em. Listen, maybe you could argue if if you've got the full seven-point teaser, the Titans now getting four points. But it's a, it's a dangerous game to be playing. And how much do you really want to tease as a total? I'm not sure. To be fair, though, as I just said that, the idea of getting the Titans at plus four and the Steelers at a pick maybe that is actually not all too bad. <laughs> fair enough. If I had to make one bet on tonight's football action, though, Kev, I think for me, we talked about it before, it might be that James Conner combined yard prop bet. I Any do think he's going to be a different version than what we saw last year. Up next is the morning after. And, you know, Kev, I think uh, Ariel is going to be very happy. I don't know about Jared, though, because he's a Jets fan like us. <laughs> we will see, though. Keep it locked all day long here on Sports Grid to take uh, what happened in week one and get the analysis. And then, Kevin, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you during these Monday night football games. We'll be back here tomorrow on the early line. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.